Welcome back, listeners. It's been a bit of a break. We are back again uh, with One of Us is Always Right. My name is Adam. My name is McLean. And today, One of Us will always be right. It's going to be a fun show. We're excited to get back in the groove of things. Um, We will... Uh, just remind you real quick about our format. We've got our little get excited segment, segment where we talk about upcoming shows, movies, um, stuff that's coming up that we are excited about. Uh, we'll each share um, two options for you to put in your brain and toss around a little bit. We'll get into McLean's reaction of the Amazon Prime show, The ABC Murders, which is one of Agatha Christie's books. Um, we'll move into McLean's recommendations for me to watch this upcoming week, and uh, we'll talk about those. That'll be a fun time. And then we'll move into our blast from the past. This we're this week this year <laughs> this week we don't have a specific year um we are doing because we're coming up on the end of the summer our best summer movies um so some of these go back a little ways uh some a little more recent it's going to be i think a really good um coverage of summer movies Put it that yeah. way. We're gonna we're gonna cover quite uh, not quite a few, but enough to get a good sampling. So as you're winding up the summer, I know kids are probably in school, most everywhere. But if you need just a quick last movie night um, on the weekend, here's some great options to wrap up your summertime with. But first, we're gonna get excited. We're gonna start McL- with McLean. McLean, what are you excited about? So this is this is actually a series uh, that's already out. It dropped yesterday. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and that is on Netflix. It's called One Piece. So it's about a young boy who wants to become the king of the pirates. And I'm excited about this because this series has been an ongoing anime for forever. Uh, it originally aired in 1999. And it's still going. Uh, the most recent season is... Uh, season 20, which started in 2019 and has 182 episodes in it. That's just <laughs> season 20. So it's very impenetrable. Um, it's It would be a lot to go back and watch all of it. I'm interested in what they do with the live action version. And I feel like this is potentially a better like in to to get started with it. It does already have some ratings on it. It's an 80% on the tomato meter, which is certified fresh, and it's a 95% audience score. So fans of One Piece and uh, people that are just trying it out for the first time both seem to be enjoying the show. Uh, that's enough for me to, to get excited about it and and dive in. Did you finish the, um, the Cowboy Bebop live action? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I've watched it a second yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I so, like it. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. I think it missed its audience a little bit um but uh but yeah i I thought um we're we're moving away from the the days of the like the dragon ball uh dragon ball uh live action remake and then uh, moving uh, into yeah yeah, into some like better stuff (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah yeah i agree um yeah this looks good is um i uh I I had seen uh, I think this flashed across the top of my Netflix the other day, um, and I watched the trailer for it. And went, oh, that's that's something that looks kind of good. Um, yeah. So I'm anxious to to check this out. Um, One Piece, very cool. The pirates are coming. Yeah. Uh, also, my kid is very into pirates right now. So. Oh yeah. Uh, this this is something that he could potentially watch several okay, cool. years from now if it continues yeah, yeah. for a while. So. Yeah. 
he just oh. still hasn't uh he still hasn't been allowed to watch the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I think that'll be the next oh, yeah? pirate uh, thing once he's a little bit the, older. Is he a pirate Jake fan? Uh he is a Captain Hook fan. Oh. He's a fan yeah. of the bad guy? Yes. Oh man. <laughs> He well, is aware that he is a bad guy. Okay. Um, that's great. Um, I, I always liked Fiber Jake. It was fun when my kid was that age. Um, he just watched um, Wendy and Peter, the new yeah. action for the first time uh, last weekend. And I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, we still haven't finished it. We started watching it and got about halfway. And yeah. then their attention just kind of wandered. And, yeah. And yeah. We turned it off. They, they I meant could... to go back and watch it to make sure it wasn't too scary for Wendy, right. but I haven't I haven't gotten back to it and that they've been moving on to other things. Exactly. Yeah, stuff, yeah. So they couldn't finish it the first time they tried watching it because my uh the internet at the place they were watching um uh, went wonky. So yeah. But they have finished it up. So uh and he liked it. So there you go. All right. Cool. Um cool. What well, are you excited I, about? I am excited about um uh this uh movie called Saltburn which stars um you remember this yeah uh and i'm going to uh, say his name wrong um barry kogan keegan kagan i think it's kogan k-e-o-g-h-a-n um yeah. barry if you're listening i am sorry i'm just bad with names please don't hold it against me and invite me to you know an award show um but uh, it's called Saltburn. It comes out uh, later this year, I believe, um, November 24th, um, limited release in theaters. It's the Academy Award-winning filmmaker Emerald Fennel from Promising Young Woman brings us a beautifully wicked tale of privilege and desire, struggling to find his place at Oxford University. Student Oliver Quick, played by Barry insert your last name here, finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix Catton played by Jacob L. Elordi, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. So it's listed as a comedy, drama, mystery, and thriller. Um, Something that's got that many genres listed, I'm always um, interested in, and the Academy Award director, uh, produced also by Margot Robbie. Okay. Uh, And I think she's got pretty good um, eye for... Mm -hmm for um talent at least um yeah so uh i'm I, I think this could be good it's got rosamund pike in it um and i think she's fantastic um yeah so Saltburn. it's a currently a 70 percent on rotten tomatoes and there's no audience because it hasn't been released yet this is coming out october uh november 24th 2020. november 24th okay yeah so we cool. got a little, little ways oh and we should just real quick um give us grace on some of these release dates with the strikes. We just don't know if they're all going to hold. Some of these certainly will hold and be true, but who knows? Dune has already been pushed to 2024. So some of these might get pushed. Yeah. One piece obviously hasn't. It is out. Go watch it. <laughs> one of the reasons I chose that one is because I know it's out. Um, <laughs> Smarter yeah. man than I. Um, but yeah, so I just think this looks uh, from the trailer. It's a, uh, it gave me, um, Kind of Midsummer Night's Dream vibeish look from the look. Uh-huh. It's got some. It's got really good colors. Um, it's a. It's a. It's it's. Imagine Downton Abbey, but with a more castle-looking building. Yeah. 
and not and as not as um you know we're talking modern day aristocrats not 1920s aristocrats yeah and then it's got the mystery thriller kind of aspect to it cool yeah this could be good yeah all right um i am excited for uh, a comedy okay. uh action comedy that is starring john cena and uh uh allison brie i love allison brie she's hilarious and it's called freelance so uh, uh ex-special forces operative mason pettis john cena is stuck in a dead-end desk job when he reluctantly takes on a freelance gig to provide private security for a washed-up journalist uh which is allison brie as she interviews the ruthless but impeccably uh dressed dictator uh juan venegas uh, when a military coup breaks out and she's out to get the scoop of a lifetime. The unlikely trio must figure out how to survive the jungle and each other in order to make it out alive. So this has the romancing the stone vibes, uh, Lost City, say, yeah, uh, uh, sort of vibes to it. Uh, but I think John Cena is extremely funny. Allison Brie is also incredibly funny. The chemistry looks like it's there from the trailer. Uh, obviously, they're picking out like the best possible moments. Yeah, but I. I don't I don't see how this movie could be too bad. Like I, I think those two by themselves should be able to carry uh a franchise or a, or a movie at least. So um yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. The the action looks great, the comedy is definitely there. As long as the the script holds should be great. Yeah, it's got uh Christian Slater and Alice Eve in it as well. Yeah. Um, which I think is, you know, Alice Eve isn't isn't the greatest actress in the world, but she's very pretty um yeah you think she, she's funnier than she is serious um yeah. so i think that'll be good and christian slater to me is always hilarious i don't know if that's just because i grew up with him um yeah. but yeah um i'm looking up the guy it was at juan pablo raba yeah um who's i guess one the the narco guy she this the that allison brie is interviewing and i don't don't know that he's been in anything i've seen um but yeah no but he's very charming in the trailer okay uh looks like he's worked with the director before um yeah i, I don't see anything that i recognize yeah um the the screenwriter for it this is his like first big project so gotcha there's not a lot of information to go on as far as how how good the script is but the cast looks good so yeah 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 no uh, this is supposed to be coming out october 6th to wide release uh we'll see if that changes <laughs> so yeah just a big guessing game these days yeah all right um okay cool well i think that um you're gonna love and be upset with me about my next get excited okay um it's got one of your favorites in it which is why like i'm super excited to be able okay. to read this and that you aren't um okay. like, you're like, like yeah i got one it's called okay. the book of the book of clarence Starring oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Nice. So okay. uh, here's, the, here's the synopsis. A down-on-his-luck man embarks on a misguided attempt to capitalize on the rise of celebrity and the influence of the Messiah for his own personal gain. <laughs> <laughs> he wants okay. to, like, this is first century Israel, or I guess Judah, um, under the Roman rule. Uh, this is something I know a fair amount about. Um, not this movie, but that time frame. Um, Jesus is still alive. 
She okay. sees Jesus and the crowds that Jesus is attracting. And he goes, I want that. And he starts off on this path to call himself the Messiah. Okay. To get these crowds and stuff. And it looks, it looks like it's, I don't like, it doesn't look like it's Mel Brooks, like laugh at itself. Funny. Yeah. But it, you can still tell that like it's serious, but also they know it's what they're doing is ridiculous. Okay. Um, is this, is this like Monty Python's life of Brian? But no, no. Okay. No, this is, this is no, <laughs> like okay. I said, like it's, it's a, it's a serious movie. Um, it's written and directed by um, James J E Y M E S Samuel. Um, who? Oh, okay. Um, this is the guy other, who did the Heart of They Fall. Yeah, yeah. He did the Heart of They Fall. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, sweet. Yeah. So, um, serious movie, but definitely ripping on celebrity and maybe poking at Christians a little bit. All right. Speaking of great cast, this one, this one's yeah. got some great, great people in it. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. James McAvoy. Yeah. Uh, Alf, uh, Alfrey Woodard. Yeah, David uh, uh, Oleo. Yeah, it's a it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah. uh, Caleb McLaughlin is in this. The guy yeah. uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. 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 This looks great. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm super a uh, little proud moment that I that I brought this to the table. Um, oh, I'm very excited. The uh, I don't. Oh, we do. We uh the again, you know. We're just saying this because of right now, January 12th, 2024 is the release date for this. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot. I think this is going to be very funny, um, but also a little awkward humor at some times at some point, too, because of yeah. the because of the content. I mean, because of they are talking about Christians and poking at them and hopefully poking at the Romans, too, and all this other kind of stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it looks uh, fantastic. I saw the trailer for this and it was just, I thought it was hilarious. Um, produced by Jay-Z. So, you know. Okay. I could see this being one of those movies that gets a lot of um, uh, press for protests. Yeah. But ends up driving the box office sales. Right. <laughs> this yeah. Is, this um, looks like a lot like uh, Kevin Smith's Dogma. Which was hilarious. That movie would have just come and gone. And it's except so, for the fact so that good. everyone was upset by it. And so yeah. it got a lot of heaven a lot forbid, more media. Heaven forbid Alanis Morissette be God. Um, yeah. Or we have. Um, well, I think uh, most of the people upset with the movie didn't actually watch it at all. They I just know, so thought fun. they knew what it was about. Um, in the in the the happy Jesus. Oh, so good. God. Buddy Christ. <laughs> Buddy Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Book of Clarence. Um, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, it's a two-hour movie, right at two, um, and January twelfth, twenty twenty-four. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll see if that holds. Uh, yeah, I am excited. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen this trailer yet. I'll have to watch it after the after the show. Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, well, there you go. There's uh, there's four get excited for you. Um, one of them is already out, so you can definitely take uh, the recommendation on that and go go watch and let us know if we were right to be excited. Um, the other three, you know. Hopefully those dates hold and we can uh, watch them sooner rather than later. But uh, I think I think Saltburn and Freelance have a pretty good chance of holding. I do too. A book of Clarence I, is the one I'm most concerned. I think about. Book of Clarence is the most likely one to move, especially yeah. because one of the things that the strike has been 
kind of showing the uh, studios is how much the like the cast participation mm-hmm. in in publicity has has been a boon for them that they have not really appreciated. Right. And with the cast like this, you want them out there on the, yeah. um, you know, Jimmy Fallon or or whatever. Uh, the, the night shows and stuff like that talking Absolutely. about the movie to promote it um i think you you're going to want to wait till the strike is over so that they can actually so you can have lucky stanfield and james yep. mcavoy talking about this absolutely so. i think it's a, and, and benedict cumberbatch he's always a good interview um oh yeah so yeah i agree um that's the one i'm most most concerned about but it is january um hopefully this stuff gets resolved in the next few hours um but <laughs> weeks or months and we can yeah know, get back to enjoying good quality entertainment the last i heard the the actors haven't really budged at all um and neither of the writers as far as their demands the studios have budged a little bit towards the writers but only enough to like try to get a push the can down the road to next year like right. maybe give them a little bit more money and, and hope that things go away. Right. Uh, but so far the studios are the only ones that are budging at the negotiating table, which means things are going well for the writers and the actors. So hopefully, I mean, I mean for now, but I've never we'll seen see. a negotiation go without both sides giving stuff up. Nope. Hopefully it's resolved soon. And yes. both sides can come to something that's probably not equitable, but agreeable. So hopefully. Um, anyway, so we're gonna move on into our next, uh, next moment. And this is, uh, something I've been waiting for because, um, sometimes because of who McLean and I are, we watch a lot of stuff and, uh, I don't, I don't always get to recommend things that like I'm a hundred percent on board with and ABC murders. I'm like 85% with, so I'm curious what his reaction is to this. Um, the Christie's the ABC murders on Amazon prime with, um, John Malkovich and, um, Ron Weasley, um, in the starring roles. Rupert Grant. Yeah. That's what I said. (laughs) So Uh, McLean, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, deserves a huge shout out for, uh for his part in it he he plays uh we're gonna get into spoilers real quick oh yeah guys. Remind, reminder uh, yeah, yeah. um so if you haven't seen this yet i would recommend it uh if you okay. like if you like agatha christie um then you'll you'll probably enjoy this if you know a ton about faro and this is your like millionth faro thing maybe you might not like some of the changes that it makes to canon but i know just enough to be dangerous and i thought it was really interesting yeah um i think actually the murder mystery is far less interesting than the borrow backstory stuff absolutely yeah and i think the movie knew that that's the case because the murder mystery ends halfway through episode three and there's still more to the show because you it's more about borrow's journey yeah and what he's like had to go through in his life and and so yeah, uh, we're going to get into to spoilers now. So if you don't yeah. don't want to hear anything, skip ahead quite a bit, uh, and then we'll get into the recommendations for next week. So, um, yeah, uh, Eamon Farron plays the ultimate red herring. He just looks like a murderer, and it wasn't. He's so good as this like creepy, vile seeming murderer 
that I forgot until halfway through episode two when they introduce another uh, red herring character that this was an Agatha Christie story. So anyone who looks like they could be the killer, not the killer. So um, as soon as I remembered, like, oh, my God, it's Agatha Christie. It's definitely not that guy. Uh, But even still, I was like, maybe it is that guy. And then uh, he's so good at it. Yeah. Freya Maver plays a character named Thora Gray, and she gets set up as like the other villain Mm -hmm. for a while. And she definitely has some villainous intentions, um, but she is not the killer. The killer is the guy who's hires Poirot to solve the crime. And that's played by Andrew uh, Buchan. Buchan? Buchan? Yeah, I'm going to say Buchan. Uh, Franklin uh, Clark is the the actor, uh, who's also very good. I think the whole cast is very good. Um, It took me a while to even recognize Anya uh, Chalatra as being the girl from The Witcher. I I was like, oh, there's two Witcher cast members in this. Uh, It took me a long time to even recognize that that's who it was, um, because she just does the character so well um yeah i i thought it was very good it that there were some some moments that i thought were a little bit slow i wish that they had propelled the backstory a little bit faster we have a lot of these like flashbacks to traumatic moments uh and paro sort of dealing with that um i like in the first episode you see him um dying his beard (laughs) <laughs> and then by the end of the first episode, he's like, all right, well, I was just being stupid. I yeah. need to just let it go. Um, Rupert Grint is a really interesting character. He has uh, uh, he's very antagonistic against Faro um, because he feels like his. Uh, um, so uh, Kevin McNeely plays Inspector Jap, who Faro has worked with before. He's now retired mm-hmm. and. Uh, Inspector Chrome, played by Rupert Grint, has taken over and thinks that uh, Paro betrayed Jap by saying that he was a policeman, even though there's no record of him being a policeman in Belgium. And we find out later that he never was a policeman in Belgium, but he's just been lying about it because what he actually was in Belgium was he was priest. Mm-hmm. And when the war started and the Belgium was invaded, he sent the people in his town to the church thinking that the soldiers would Leave it respect be. respect right. the sanctity of the church and you know sack the town but not hurt the people inside who were seeking refuge yeah. uh he was extremely wrong and they not only did they burn the church down with the people inside it but the one guy that he tried to like talk down who didn't shoot him got shot himself because he was a you know called a coward by the other yeah. uh, uh military yeah. guys so we should uh we should say this is uh we're, the war we're referencing just to, for clarity is uh world war one world this, war one yeah. yeah this is not world war two or anything like that so they're uh, the germans but they're not the nazis right exactly and this is yeah. this the abc murders takes place late in paro's um age in his years yeah. he's he's almost a has-been at this point um, yeah, you, there, there's these little flashes where you see that he is taking stuff in. It reminded me a little bit of like the old Columbo. Right. He, he almost seems like he's not all there. Yeah. But then like you see like he, he just knows, oh, well, yeah, it's this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can tell these little details and I've been paying attention the whole time. Um, right. Surprise. So yeah. 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 Good stuff like that. Um, and he does work out the the murder, which which was nice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I recently watched an episode of Remington Steel. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, at the end, they're like, oh, we solved it. It's like, there's only one person left alive. Like, you didn't really <laughs> solve it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the murderer is the last one that's still alive. And it's, that's not you two. <laughs> You're just very lucky. <laughs> uh that's how i so, like yeah. my crime yeah it's uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh that was interesting oh anyway uh but no i thought the uh the story's good the pacing is a little slow but not super slow i will say i think the reason this has such a low audience score is that people who are used to one actor or another playing faro probably didn't like john malkovich's performance not to say that it's bad but he is trying to do this very odd belgian accent um that has been uh modified to be slightly british and i don't know if it necessarily works a hundred percent so if you're used to a different actor playing faro um he probably is not not your favorite i i think i i like um uh, oh gosh what's his name um the other guy who's doing death on the nile and yeah he's got a new one coming out in november um or september yeah. uh yeah Ke- kenneth branagh kenneth branagh i really like branagh's uh version of Faro, and this is very different yeah um so i i feel like i i settled into it but um you know some people that might be what what's kicking them out of it i don't think it's the the story or the murders or the even even the change in canon where they make him a priest instead of you know actually being a detective which i believe is what the case was in so if i if i remember correctly i looked it up just to see if this was in agatha christie's books because i did not know enough about faro uh in the books he was a police detective in the bbc series faro they allude to the fact that he trained as a priest, but he he went through the schooling for it, right? Um, but didn't actually become a priest. He still became a police officer. And this one, he was just fully a a priest and never became a police officer. And it wasn't until he came uh, as a refugee right. that he sort of, and it's a it's a really interesting scene where he just sort of denounces god and denounces being a priest it doesn't even want to be affiliated with it anymore and just almost says the first thing he can think of which is a policeman yeah so uh yeah i liked i, I kind of liked that change i thought that was really great for the story um but you know like i said if you're a diehard agatha christie book fan and reader maybe that's what's throwing people off right but no i think it's really interesting and and really well done um I did watch it on my phone on a plane. <laughs> okay. uh, so I don't know if I really got a full like cinematic scope for it, but I, I feel really like this movie is so much. claustrophobic yeah. that it's almost fine to watch it in yeah, a smaller setting. This, so. this one relies a lot more on, on, on close-ups and um, setting rooms mm-hmm. than setting uh landscape. It like there's yeah. not much uh, grand shots or anything. So I think that's, that I, I wouldn't miss anything from it. I agree with you that it, to me, there were times that like my knock on this is that it felt slow. I didn't mind the John Malkovich. Um, Rupert Grint bugged me, not because of his acting. Like I think yeah. he acted well, but he just looked so young 
Okay. And so, um, not an adult. <laughs> like, I don't know how to sure. say it. Like, like I, I just, I didn't buy his face as a cop, as a yeah. seasoned, as a, let alone a cop, but a seasoned investigator that had gone through the ranks to become an investigator or detective or whatever. They sure, call sure, it. Sure. Um, that that's where they lost me a little bit. Um, and maybe that's just the Ron Weasley peeking through. Um, but he yeah. just has a baby face to me. Um, yeah, I get that. So it was a little hard for me to get into him that I think he, acted it well this is not a knock on his acting or even a knock on his looks more just a knock on the casting, casting. Director, maybe yeah, yeah. i uh, thought he did a pretty decent job there's a couple times where the because he's so young hmm. the other officers don't necessarily take him as seriously right um and then he sort of steps up his uh, demeanor and and, yeah. and pushes them around and i felt like that that kind of made sense for his character he right. eventually starts to kind of come around to borrow. Um, and I thought that that was, you know, it kind of worked. It, it made sense to me that if they just got rid of someone like Jap, who was the seasoned veteran, that maybe the tide was turning to where they wanted somebody younger to come in. Um, so that didn't that. take me out of it too much. I It did take me a little out because his character is so obnoxious at the beginning. So obnoxious. Uh, and so pigheaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a little while to get used to that because I like uh, Rupert Grint. Right. Um, but it reminded me of uh, there's a series called Murdoch Mysteries uh, where uh, Inspector uh, Branch is is sort of the the main captain, and it takes him a while to realize that Murdoch is actually like a good detective, uh, and he's used to doing things the old way where you take a subject, you get him in a room, you beat him half to death. And if he confesses, then you put him in jail. Right. So he felt like that sort of uh, inspector. Okay. I I could see that. Um, I don't, this is, I think what also struck me was this is the first time I'd seen him in an acting role since the Harry Potters. Yeah. Um, and that uh, was, um, it was it was it was um stark contrast to his character as Ron. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, so that, you, that you, little, you sort of jarring. have a sort of already have this predisposition to like him and root for him and then he's Yeah, and you also think of jerk. him as he's yeah, being a jerk, he's not a no like I would never make Ron Weasley an investigator an investigator. <laughs> 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 you know. So yeah. like you know, battling all those things. Again, I think ultimately he did a fine job and um on my re- rewatch, I was much more at ease with him. Yeah. Uh, the first time through was, that was one of my hurdles I had to get over. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I'm with you on everything. Yeah. That you said, uh, again, Anya Chalatra, I didn't even, did, didn't put it together until you said something that she's also a witcher. Um, yeah. so um, yeah. Eamon yeah. a- Barron is by far the best actor I, in this. Yes. Like, he, he is sold out. He's killing it. Yeah absolutely not in the show but as the actor (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's it's very interesting and i I like that they uh it it made sense that he would have this like medical condition that wouldn't really be understood and he's trying to deal with it in these bizarre ways that make him look even more villainous Mm -hmm. but he's just like trying to live his life and trying to sell pantyhose yeah it's so it's uh yeah so yeah yeah, there you go mclean recommends it so yay um 
Where do you think, if you were to put this on a scale of one to 10, where do you think it would land for you? Uh, hmm. I'd probably put it around a seven. Okay. Uh, I think there are some things that could make it better. Mm-hmm. It's I would put this above Murder at the Orient Express, which I did enjoy. The but movie. The movie. Okay. So if you're if you're a casual Faro fan, right. uh, Death Death on the Nile is the best thing I've seen that's Faro. So I'm excited yeah. for the for the new one as well. Yeah. Um, but I would put this above Murder on the Orient Express. I think the, the villain makes more sense mm-hmm. and the the red herring is more interesting yeah and the the thing i like the most about the poirot universe is learning more about him and you learn a lot about him in death on the nile and you don't learn too much about him in uh no express so go into it with these assumptions that he's just he's just great Yeah. yeah yeah so learning some more like humanizing him more I think is really cool and interesting. And the, like I said, the, the murder mystery is secondary. It's, it's really like, once you learn who the true villain is, the movie kind of wraps, you know, the show sort of wraps up and and ties that in a nice little bow. And then we get into what the actual mystery is, which is what is Faro's real history and backstory. So, um, okay. So I'm going to throw a little wrench in in your, or I'm going to add something to your critique to, uh, to, I just, I'm just curious. So, yeah. um, ABC murders, death in the Nile. We'll take that one out. Cause we both agree that that's so far the best of, yeah. of the Agatha, Agatha, Agatha Christie stuff. Um, ABC murders, uh, murder on the Orient or season two of Sherlock. Ooh. Which one is season two? That's the one with the lady, right? Yes. Uh, yeah sure locked and then he dies at the end yes the rickenbach ball yeah the rickenbach ball it's really hard because see sherlock is such a a swingy show that has some really great episodes and some really bad episodes um in my opinion yeah uh, i would probably put this really close to to season two of sherlock but okay. probably a hair below okay yeah it's hard okay. yeah yeah um you, i think season one of sherlock was really good it season was season two uh has some really interesting stuff in it and i didn't like season three enough to go back to season four. Oh my goodness the, the, the last episode is so good okay uh, it's so good anyway um yeah all right, cool. Well, ABC Murders sounds like we got a, a good recommendation from McLean. Yeah, I think the seventy-one percent tomato meter makes a lot more sense to me than that fifty-one percent audience score. Yeah, and I agree with I, you. I think you're right on. Yeah. So, all right, well, that gets us into recommendations for this week. Yeah. Uh, what, do we, what do we got? <laughs> we're going. We're going very far away from Agatha Christie here. All right. Uh, yeah, we we actually talked about this one. We talk about it quite a bit, as far as like uh something in that genre like every time we talk about this genre we talk about this this show or this movie okay. uh, and that is spirited away it's a 2001 fantasy adventure 96 percent tomato meter 96 percent audience score i believe it won the academy award for best animated feature uh picture that year 
I think a lot of people see this as Studio Ghibli's greatest accomplishment. Um, it is definitely the one that has done best with uh, Western audiences. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because it is the one that, while it is high fantasy, it's also a low fantasy movie. It's it's uh, it's Harry Potter. So Harry Potter is technically low fantasy because it takes place in the real world. Right. But it's high fantasy because it's actually a second world that's Which sort did. of running parallel with the right. real world. And in that world, it's a big high fantasy world with lots of its own rules and restrictions and stuff like that. So uh, that's sort of how this is. We have a 10-year-old... Uh, uh, Chiro um, moves with her parents to a new home in the Japanese countryside. After taking a wrong turn down a wooden path, uh, a wooded path, uh, Chiro and her parents discover an amusement park with a stall containing an assortment of food. To her surprise, Chiro's parents begin eating and then transform into pigs. In the supernatural realm, Chiro encounters a host of characters and endures labor in a bathhouse for spirits, awaiting a reunion with her parents. So she gets sort of taken capture uh, by this bathhouse owner and has to sort of work off her parents' debt for the food they ate. Uh, and yeah, it's a completely different world with its own rules and stuff that she has to sort of learn as she goes. Uh, some of the people that she meets are weird and friendly, and some of them are kind of cruel and mean. But it's got a good message to it, and a lot of the people you see as villains are actually just misunderstood. And so uh, it's got, um, yeah, um, there's not too much to say about it other than it's a really fun, immersive world that uh, kind of hits all of the, the notes that you'd want for like a children's animated feature. Okay. Um, I have a quote here. Um, this is uh, Scott von Dovek from Fort Worth uh, Star Telegram. Uh, Spirit Away is no secondhand fairy tale retread. It's a fully imagined universe populated by wondrous beings and haunting landscapes. So that's the that's the review. I think it okay. definitely earns the ninety six percent tomato meter. I don't think there's anything super like offensive that would throw you out of the movie. Um, and this is kind of, a lot of people see this as, as one of uh, Miyazaki's best films. I think the he's done some more interesting stuff, I will say. Um, but a lot of those can be, like Princess Mononoke, for example, mm -hmm. is one we've talked about before, where it almost goes too far <laughs> as far as the sort of horror and gore aspect of it um and i can see a lot of people being taken out of it it's not a kid's movie like it's not right uh it's got some good messages in it but it's really dark so uh any questions before we move on to the next one no it looks like it has um kind of animation similar to uh last airbender uh yeah so uh last airbender is definitely Miyazaki inspired um this one is not going to be like Trigun has like these like the characters grow bigger when they're angry and stuff like right. that. This one is much more realism okay. uh, with, with this. Uh, there is. Um, yeah, you'll you'll. 
yeah, it's not, not it doesn't have as many of like the anime tropes and stuff of the blood vessel like bulging and stuff like that when they're angry. It is it is very designed to be a real looking animation. Okay. I think even more so than Airbender. Gotcha. So okay. Yeah. Uh, Sounds and interesting. Then, so the next one is a little bit of a bigger swing. It's it's also Miyazaki, uh, but it's Hell's Moving Castle. So this has an 87% tomato meter, a 93% audience score. I watched this one while we were going on vacation, and it immediately just sucks you in. This is high, high fantasy. Uh, it, it almost doesn't even try to explain everything because it's just the, the world just exists. And the characters who are in it are just the characters that live in this world. So it you have to just sort of take it as given that everything makes sense to all of them, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to you right away. Um, this is more, if the other one was Harry Potter, this is more Golden Compass, where oh. you're just dropped into an existing world. Right. And you have to kind of catch up. So uh, uh, Sophie has an uneventful life as her late father's hat shop, but all that changes when she befriends Wizard Hal, uh, played by Christian Bale, uh, who lives in a magical flying castle. Uh, however, the evil witch of the wastes takes issue with her budding relationship and casts a spell on young Sophie, which ages her prematurely. Now Hal must use his magical talents to battle the jealous hag and return Sophie to her former youth and beauty. That's not really what it's about. <laughs> that's the That's the, like file thing and that's what it sort of presents itself as and then it goes in a completely different direction it's it's very fun very interesting uh this one has a lot more um uh the the realism gets sort of pushed aside a little bit for this one because the visuals take precedent gotcha um so it's it's about showing more of the feel of the story than about necessarily um, the realism of it. Um, but yeah, Sophie is this girl uh, played by Emily Mortimer, uh, does the American dub for it. Um, I, I did watch this one dubbed, and I, I thought the voice cast was very good. Um, you're welcome to watch the subversion if you uh, feel like that'll be a better representation. Um, but I will say Billy Crystal plays a fire demon and it yeah. is very good <laughs> very fun right. um and yeah i like i like that a lot uh josh hutcherson does a voice in this lauren bacall like danner great great voice cast um but yeah it's this girl who doesn't really have a lot of friends she's kind of a loner and all of a sudden she gets turned into an old lady and so she leaves her town of safety and journeys into the wilderness to just find someone that can do magic that can change her back and then she ends up working as a cleaning lady All it's right. very fun it's very silly uh it's uh they're both around the same time uh house moving castle is an hour and 59 minutes spirit away is two hours and five minutes so there's only a six minute difference in, in time for them um, they're both on HBO Max. I yeah. believe all the Studio Ghibli films are on HBO Max right now. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think all of them are pretty great recommendations. Uh, if you end up liking any of these ones, you can just keep watching them. They're all. If you have HBO Max, 
you have access to all the Studio Ghibli library. I don't think there's any on there from from memory that that you could just take out completely. That's like, oh well, it's not worth watching. Um, you know, Kiki's delivery service. I think all of them have their spot and are, are all pretty well done. He, he takes a lot of time and care and effort into making uh, making his movies. So, yeah, it's really just about how how real do you want? Do you want high fantasy in a low fantasy world or just a straight high fantasy right. um, visual spectacle? Yeah, yeah. I think... Um... I don't know. I think uh, I think I'll go uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. Okay. Sweet. So yeah, let's give that a shot. All right. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So we have our pick for next week. Uh, if you guys want to watch along with us, it is on HBO Max. Uh, nope. Sorry. It is on Max. Yes. <laughs> yes. HBO Max is no more. Um, Max is what it is now. Um, so there you go. Uh, we hope you enjoy. But uh, let's move right along into our blast from the past. Um, this year or this year. Again, I did it. This week, um, we're going best summer movies because we're wrapping up the summer. Um, typically, when we do blast from the past, we have a rule that everything we mentioned has to be older than 10 years. And we kind of... We, we kind of stick to that. So um, we're not kind of, we stick to that. So you're going to get some old stuff today. Um, not super old, but some good stuff. And I think we've got a really well-rounded presentation for you today. So uh, McLean, any year from 10 years ago and beyond, best summer movie. Yeah, I almost, <laughs> I almost broke that rule and picked Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it is a summer movie. But no, I, I'm going to start off... Uh, with one that I think is a cult classic now, but didn't really get appreciated when it came out. And that's 1995's Heavyweights. So yeah, one of my favorite camping movies. Uh, this is about a um, fat, camp, fat camp that gets um, uh, sold from these very nice uh, owners that are, that are there to like make sure the kids have fun while also trying to exercise a little bit to uh, Tony Perkins, played by Ben Stiller, who's a fitness fanatic and is trying to basically drive the kids down and, and you know, <laughs> uh, pummel them into a pulp until they uh, show his fitness method is working. And he is crazy and uh, evil and amazing. <laughs> ben Stiller, this is his best performance other than Derek Zoolander. This is, this is the role that he was born to play. Really? I think so. He's so good as Tony Perkins. Uh, yeah, he's great. I love I love Ben Stiller in this. Um, his dad actually plays uh, one of the Bushkins who owns the camp uh, prior that he like buys the uh, the camp from. So, but yeah, it's very fun. It's got a great like third act uh, sort of uh, feel good moments and stuff in it. But it also has some really great um, uh, weird stuff from Ben Stiller. I, I think it's really good. I think it actually holds up too. It's got a very young cast um, that all really work well together. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend Heavyweights. You can watch it now actually on Disney Plus. 
It has a 77% audience score, which makes a lot of sense, and a 29% tomato meter <laughs> with only seven reviews, which just seemed mean. <laughs> it does. I mean, come on. You got to know what you're reviewing at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember watching this when it came out. Um, it's got, uh, like I said, Ben Stiller in it. Um, Keenan Thompson's in it. Yep. Um, uh, Aaron Schwartz, who was Carp in Mighty Ducks, is in yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you like Mighty Ducks, you'll... This is, this is in that this same is kind of wheelhouse. That same yeah. genre and it has a lot of the same actors. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I think I might have to watch this just for funsies now. Um, have you yeah, not seen it before? I have not. And I know, and Judd Apatow is a writer on it. Yeah, it's so. it's fun. It's real okay. good. Very cool. Heavyweights, no. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> this uh, the, Your description of Stiller in this picture that I see right now on Rotten Tomatoes definitely has... Um, Less goofy but similar vibes to Dodgeball. Yes. Um. So, and that's a great character. They're well. they're almost the same character. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I forgot about Dodgeball. Ben Stiller yeah. is great in Dodgeball too. He is fantastic in Dodgeball. Um. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite Ben Stiller movie is Keeping the Faith. Um. Which is not a super well, that's a good one too. Or, but yeah. yeah. Um. Anywho. All right. Cool. Heavyweights. Um. I may have to go check that out. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus right now. Yep. And it's, it's pretty short, too. It's only an hour and 37 yeah. minutes. So it's, yeah, it's typical it's kid, a kid family movie. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, to counter to heavyweights, I am going to go with something from around the same time period. And I'm going to throw out, I know what you did last summer. Okay. Um. And this, when it came out, this came out around the same time as when Scream came out, um, the first one. And this, yeah. uh, you can only rent or, or no, you, it's on Hulu right now. Yes, I got one. Um, and uh, this is just a straight up horror movie. Um, we've got a cast of Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, Freddie Prince Chooser, uh, Jr., um, Anne Heche, uh Johnny Galecki. <laughs> It's there's a fair amount of people in this. Um, I remember watching this and going, man, this is better than Scream. And I don't typically like horror movies, but this is definitely a suspense type horror movie. Um, and yeah, it's just a good, you go to a part of the world, a part of the country just during the summer only. And this is what happens. And yeah, it's a good movie. Interesting. I, I haven't watched this. Oh, have you not uh, seen I saw this? it in a lot of, uh-uh. Yeah, I saw this on a lot of people's lists and I was like, I thought this took place during the school year. Um, but I guess I guess not. It's no, um, no, it's a it's a summer movie, yeah. Okay, cool. Um the you the movie takes place the summer after something happened okay, in the summer. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's a it's a good good movie. Um it's not a coming of age or anything. Four kids did something wrong and um uh, there's a guy out for revenge. So, All right. Well, uh, the the next one for me, unfortunately, is not streaming right now. But this is one that is available to rent or buy everywhere, and it is a hundred percent worth renting or buying this if you have not seen it yet. I think it's one of the perfect films, and it's The Sandlot. This is also like a hundred percent a summer movie. It takes place over a full summer vacation from the 
from the start of it all the way to the end. And it's about a boy learning to play baseball and learning to make friends. And they they uh, have to outsmart a giant demon dog in it. Um, yep. And things are not always as they seem when you're a child. And Darth, so, and Darth Vader. Yeah. They take on Darth uh, Vader. Some, yeah. <laughs> Who's a very nice uh, old man. Uh, so he used to play baseball. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite films of all time. I, I'm sure I own it. The, the story behind the making of it is also really fascinating because the director just took these guys out and just played baseball with them for just hours and hours. Like that was their training camp for the, for the kids is just to go and basically play little league baseball. Um, so that they were all so good that they could just that they could do their acting and not have to think about the baseball anymore because they just were so used to playing baseball with each other mm-hmm. so yeah it's a it's a fantastic movie um it's got so many great great moments in it caught yeah. a lot of people what a s'more was l7 um, weenie um or yeah and, yep. and i still call i call my kids smalls come on smalls all the time um it's just a uh, the erector set. I mean, it's just there's so much in this movie, yeah. That it's um, it is. I agree with you. It is. It is a. It is a near perfect family movie. Yeah. It's yeah, very, very Americana. Very um, the the pretend drowning to get a lifeguard kiss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. That part. That part probably doesn't hold up as well anymore, but. It's still very funny for the time. I don't think it's inaccurate. I think kids just do that to this day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. What's your what's your last one? Uh, my last one. I mean, like I think two of the greatest summer movies we that need to be mentioned are Jaws and Stand by Me. Like those are just two of yes. the best. Um, but I don't want to dive into them. Uh, I want to bring up um, a great Dan Aykroyd. John Candy movie called The Great Outdoors. This, I think it's overlooked a lot. Um, came out in 1988, uh, 40% c- uh, critic score, 71% audience. I think this movie is hilarious. Um, just silly funny. It's got uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, uh, Stephanie Farrisey, Annette Benning. Um, it's just it's John Hughes, uh, screenwriter just a good, good, solid movie. It's about a family who goes on vacation and then his uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law show up and ruin the family vacation. And the brother-in-law is broke and asking for money and can't do anything right and wants to do everything. And uh, John Candy is just like, why are you, wh- why are you the way that you are kind of a thing? Um, I can't take you anymore. Um, this is, this is nuts. You live this st- life. like one's a suburban family and one's like um, social life family. And, it's just, it's hilarious. Um, story uh, takes place over the summer um, or several weeks of a summer. Teenage boy meeting a local girl, you know, falling in love. There's barefoot water skiing. There's making a, a grizzly bear bald. There's getting trapped in a mine. Like, there's all <laughs> sorts of stuff in this. Um, and like the, 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 my favorite is the, uh, um, when you, when, they go to a restaurant and it's one of those country bumpkin restaurants where we've got the world's biggest steak. And if you can eat all of it, 
your meal is free kind of a thing. And John Candy being John Candy sits down and just eats this whole, whole, whole thing. And he says, I'm done. The chef stares at him and goes, what about the fat? And you get just this gurgle in John Candy's belly and his face is just, oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, The Great Outdoors is a great summer movie that cool. um, it can bring your family. The, the, the talking raccoons, I mean, they don't talk, but they're given subtitles. Um, have yeah. you seen this? I I have not seen all oh of it. I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I haven't I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, so this was like um you'll be on like Instagram or something like that and get a video of dogs and like some narrator is giving the dogs voices and yes. you know they're saying sarcastic things or whatever. This movie was doing that in 1988 by giving subtitles to the raccoons and they're like, you know, whatever this family, I'm going to eat their trash. And, you know, who who eats this kind of stuff? Leave better trash for us. This, you know, just <laughs> just like these really real it's really funny. Um yeah. So go go watch this. You you'll enjoy it. You'll laugh. A guy gets hit by lightning and it's hilarious. Go watch this. It's so funny. Yeah. This is in the same sort of vein as like Caddyshack, right? This is <laughs> Yeah, but not as vulgar. The, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, more the, family friendly. Caddyshack. Yeah, this is rated PG and I think that that's probably st- still accurate for today today it might get a soft pg-13 um but uh unfortunately it is only a rent or buy right now sorry about that um sticking true to form but it is it's in that it's slapstick yeah it's not you know it's not animal house it's not caddyshack but it's kind of closer to that Uh, it's uh you ever see summer rental which is another good summer movie (laughs) also starring john candy it's similar to summer rental um, that one also is very funny. No, I have. So my my John Candy knowledge does not go too far past Uncle Buck. That might be the worst John Candy movie. Really? Oh yeah. my gosh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Yeah, I'm saying like John Candy's performance and other stuff is yes. better. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. like, I would much rather like, and this may be just like the type of the, the the story. I much rather like watch. I would much rather watch The Great Outdoors than Uncle Buck. Okay. Um, just because uh, Uncle Buck has uh, maybe just some family awkwardness to it that I, I just like. That's that's a hard thing for me to watch sometimes, sure. uh, just in general. Um, but uh, Great Outdoors, I can watch like it's a drop of a hat. Summer rental, I can just watch um, because they just they don't take a lot of mental or emotional involvement they're just hilarious i think um uh so yeah so th- th- those would be like th- i would pick those before that but sean candy he does almost like even his small roles and we've talked about this his home alone role is gold that one, it's so good <laughs> you know like um, it's incredible yeah he's just he's just incredible in, in like everything he does um yeah so yeah there you go even king ralph he's great in king ralph it's a bad movie but he's great in it um, isn't that him? No, that's John Goodman. John Goodman, okay. He might be in it too, but John Goodman is King Ralph. Didn't, didn't he have a? I thought he had a King movie or, or something like that. All right, well let's do anyway, we'll, Yeah, yeah. Let's we'll wrap it up. Around. We'll do some research yeah, yeah. for the next one. Um, but yeah, there you go. Great outdoors. All right, so um, wrapping it up, we started with get excited. Uh, McLean brought One Piece, which is a live action do we say remake or just a live action yeah it's a live action remake i, I would remake say that of um a anime show that has been going on for thousands of years and has four billion episodes uh yeah roughly 
Yeah, um, but is uh, well loved and well liked, and we're excited about that. It, c- it came out for us yesterday. For you guys listening to this a week or two ago, <laughs> um, so go back and watch that called One Piece. He also brought, brought Freelance, which is a John Cena and uh, the actress Al- is Allison Brie. Allison Brie, um, kind of a uh, Romance in the Stone and Lost City kind of vibe. Um, I brought Saltburn, a guy in Oxford gets out of place, goes to some mega rich mansion, and the Book of Clarence, a a Keith Stanfield movie where he wants to be like Jesus in Jesus's time. Yeah. It looks funny. Um, McLean and I both recommend uh, ABC Murders. He was fond of it, a couple slow parts, but overall a favorable favorable review. Um, He recommended Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle. I chose uh, Howl's Moving Castle, so we will be watching that this week. And then uh, our blast from the past, Best Summer Movies. Um, I came out with I Know What You Did Last Summer and The Great Outdoors, and McLean brought it great with Heavyweights and The Ultimate, The Sandlot. Um, great, great stuff this week. Um, Clay, any, any final words? Parting wisdom? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. I, I'm very excited to see what you think of Kyle's Moving Castle. So. I am excited to th- see what I think of it too. Um, mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll have fun and we'll have a good discussion next week for sure. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we hope that you had as good a summer as we did. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you. And the way we can hear from you is by you emailing us. One of us is always right at gmail.com. Let us know what we are getting right, what we're getting wrong. Um, we need uh, information from you. We want to do another fan show. So if you've got recommendations for us, please let us know. That was one of the one of our high points from last year was doing a, a fan recommended show. Um, I found it personally um hilarious and fulfilling and uh it's just a great time so one of us is always right at gmail.com we look forward to hearing from you but that's all we got for you this week we'll see you next time bye Bye, everybody